Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hello, friends. Welcome to the basement. What's your musical opinion that just really makes people mad? I've been spending all day looking at yours. You've been sending them to me. I've been sharing my own. It's polarizing, especially inside sports. Speaking of polarizing, the NFC quarterbacks, the best ones, the worst ones, and the ones in between. This is a sequel of sorts to the AFC quarterbacks. A lot of thoughts on that. Now we do NFC. Plus, what's going on in New York? It feels like the first scene in a movie. How does that movie end? Right now, it's all going to Knicks games and and hockey games, and we're going to see what's going on with Rodgers. We will see where this movie goes, but first we will do what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. I love the start of the Aaron Rodgers era in New York. I love a lot of things about it. Just that he's here, that he's in the jersey, he's in the facility. He's throwing footballs to Garrett Wilson. They're being played over and over in beautiful, majestic slow motion on the Jets' social media. And Dolphins and Jets, and, or Dolphins and Bills and Patriots fans are saying, yeah, the pass is a little bit behind him. I absolutely love all of it. Um, <laughs> you know this is the first scene in the movie, right? Where everything's going great and our hero is just living this fast-paced life and we're setting the scene with happy moments and positive scenes, and it's reminding me a little bit of the first Iron Man movie, which I watched recently, and Tony Stark's the coolest guy in the world, and he's rich and cocky, and he's a playboy, and he's so quick-witted, and everybody likes him, and everybody wants a selfie, and he's gonna sell missiles over there in the Middle East, and he just absolutely crushes it, and he's doing so well, and then BAM! the rocket hits the SUV he's in and he's a captive for months. When we're seeing Rogers at these games and doing these interviews with Pat and tweeting and posting on Instagram, it's all a very happy time. Does it stay that way? Does this stay a happy, positive story from now till February? Of course not. It's gonna have snags, it's gonna have sidetracks and may completely collapse. He may be in a cave somewhere being forced to make weapons against his will, I don't know. Um, it's just you can see it for what it is now. When we look back in, I don't know, September, October, December, when we look back to May, like, yeah, I remember when Rogers was going to every single sporting event in New York City? Man, that was crazy. It, it really went terrible after that. Or that's when we knew he was really going to fit in here and the media fell in love with him and the New York culture fell in love with him and it just worked from the get-go. We don't really know. I wonder for people who are not Rodgers fans, who are enemies, who are fans of other teams, the AFC East, we're Bills fans right now. Are you looking at Rodgers and saying, ugh, you poser, showing up courtside at the Knicks game and the Rangers game, and then going back to another Knicks game? The guy went to Madison Square Garden three times in like 20 minutes. Are you like, oh, this is so fake, this is so pretentious, I can't stand this guy? Because it's playing really well and he generally looks like he's having a great time and he's well received and he's there with teammates young teammates old teammates it's kind of cool i actually think it's pretty cool i don't know what the hell he and sauce gardner talked about for the length of a three-hour basketball game i have no idea but they made it work they really did i just want to know where this tour is going two basketball games already two knicks games and a rangers game and he just got here. He just touched down 
in Newark or whatever the fancy private airport is, and he's already gone to three sporting events. Where does this go next to further endear himself to the New York media, community, sports scene, teammates, everything? Just keep on going. And we, I have taken the liberty to set an itinerary for Aaron Rodgers when he's in here in the New York, New Jersey, the tri-state area, because you've already done all those three games. Tonight, May 3rd, Yankees-Guardians go to the game. The Yankees should probably have you try to throw out their first pitch. You should do it. I watched Rodgers throw out the first pitch for the Brewers years ago. It was in a beautiful outside corner strike. It wasn't this Baba Booey 50 cent thing. He laced it. Then Thursday night, tomorrow night, May 4th, uh, visit the new expansion at the American Museum of Natural History. It's a beautiful museum, Aaron. There's a giant whale at the end. They've expanded it. There's all these new exhibits. You'll get cultured. People will love you for it. Friday, May 5th, Mets versus Rockies. The Mets will probably try to get you to throw out the first pitch. You should do it. If you do it at the Yankees, you should do it for the Mets. That will piss people off and polarize the fan base. Do it both. Saturday night, you can't stop there. Actually, Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m., Brooklyn Cyclones. That is the Mets' single-A affiliate versus the Aberdeen Ironbirds. By going to the Cyclones game, it will show you're really a man of the people. You're not just the person with the front row seats. You're there having a beer at a single-A affiliate. You go to that. Then Sunday, you go to Devils versus Carolina Hurricanes. Second round, game three. It's a 3.30 puck drop. Don't stop there. Monday, Monday, May 8th, Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, Arthur Ashe Stadium at the Billie Jean King Tennis Center in Flushing, New York. It's a beautiful thing. Knowing your knowledge of movies, you've probably seen Best in Show. Uh, you probably loved it. We'll trot the dogs around. You can sit there and you can clap. Uh, they test them. They look at their paws. They look at their, their bone structure. I still don't know why they lift the tail and look under there. It's gross, but you could be there. Get your picture taken dog show side and it shows the different sides of you, but we're not done then. Tuesday, May 9th, New York Red Bulls, that is a soccer team versus DC United. It's a beautiful town called Montclair, New Jersey. Go to see the New York Red Bulls. And then Wednesday, May 10th, we're back at the Knicks. Knicks versus Seed Conference Semifinals Game 5. That just takes you through the next seven days. Keep going. You cannot just show up, yeah, I went to a couple games, I'm good, they let me here. You have to relentlessly show that you are 10 toes down as a New Yorker, as a New York athlete, and as a New York quarterback. Those are your games to attend, and the museum, and the dog show. Go to all of them, and then I have some more activities for this summer for you. Until then, I'm loving the first scene in the Aaron Rodgers to the Jets movie. I hope the missile does not hit the SUV. I want it to just keep on riding. I love this thing. We'll see where he goes next. I think it'll be the game tonight. Let's talk about what I hate, though. It's also about quarterbacks. There's a saying in Hollywood, never work with children or animals. There's a saying in sports media, make lists and rank things and you are set. You are tap dancing into the end zone. It's reactive every single time. Good attention, bad attention. I try not to lean on that because I see it for what it is and it's a crutch. However, earlier this week, you might've seen, I made my levels of the AFC quarterbacks because I like a good thing to do post-draft. There were some really high-profile rookies drafted into the AFC, including three of them in one single division. So I did, from the Mahomes level one all the way down to the three rookies in level seven. People were really mad about the Trevor Lawrence ranking. It's fine, Jacksonville, I respect the spirit. I don't mind it at all. And we thought we should do a sequel. We should do a sequel, but I hate the sequel. It's a terrible sequel. It's Caddyshack 2, it's Iron Man 2. It's a lot of bad ones because I don't like the NFC quarterbacks. In fact, I hate the, 
stew, the mush, the, the gumbo of the NFC quarterbacks. AFC is beautiful. There's just a one or two little ounces of fat you cut right off the steak and the rest of it is prime. NFC is a little flabby, a little flabby, and yet I'm still gonna do it. Here are your NFC quarterback levels from Kyle Brandt's basement with a big hello to my friends at the Good Morning Football program who will take this and run with it on the NFL Network. Tier number one, also um, a solo occupant, just like in the AFC. In the AFC, tier one is Patrick Mahomes alone. Right now in the NFC, tier one is Jalen Hurts, who played Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl so well. Jalen Hurts, a tenuous grip, though, on the tie level, because as I've said a few times now, we're giving a lot to a guy who has had one great season. One. He is the highest paid player in the NFL history, at least he was for about a week. He has been given all these accolades, and I love him. It's just, I would like to see a few more seasons, but for right now, I can't have any argument against him being in, in the first level. Level two, come down from the penthouse. Then you got Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins, who I'm pretty sure are the same player. At this point, they're very, very similar players in that they're both likable guys. They both are very good quarterbacks with impressive statistics, and you just kind of feel a little ick about something with them on the field, and you can't wash that ick off. Until then, they're kind of known as good quarterbacks who make a ton of money, put up really good numbers, and can't be counted on in the playoffs. Also, they have another roommate, Matthew Stafford, level two. Mysterious player going into this league. Older, beat up, almost had what feels like a year off, and now there's going to be this Rams comeback project. I put Stafford in there. He's a Super Bowl champion. Level three. I'm going to come down a little bit now. You don't have the same view. You don't have the same amenity. Square footage a little smaller. Level three, Derek, Go Derek Carr, I almost said Derek Goff, I might as well have. Derek Goff and Jared Carr and Geno Smith. Geno Smith, who was nowhere on the radar just a couple of years ago, comes back, has the Comeback Player of the Year award, leads the NFL in completion percentage. Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Geno Smith, they're tier three. Now we're getting down, okay, going down even lower. Now it's like, you know, you, gotta, you only have one bathroom and the floors aren't as nice, the kitchen needs to be updated. Tier four, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, and Kyler Murray. They're all in there. Now, different resumes, pretty close in age. Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray came out at the same time. Justin Fields shortly thereafter. Justin Fields lost about 11 games in a row last year. Kyler Murray and the entire franchise bottomed out. He got hurt. Daniel Jones has an excellent year. So how the hell are they still together? Well, Daniel Jones would have been in the basement two years ago, but he had a great year last year. Jones, Fields, and Murray all in Tier 4. We only have three tiers left. Tier 5, a solo occupant, Baker Mayfield, the alleged starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is a weird sentence to say out loud. I can't pair him with anybody. He's not good enough right now off that last season in Carolina, which was really weird, to be up there with Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray, and yet I can't drop him back to the people below him just because they're so woefully experienced. So that is Daniel. That is uh, Baker Mayfield Tier 5, just sitting there by himself. Tier 6, Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell. Do you know who those two guys are? They play for the Falcons and the Capitals. Right, the, the Commanders. I even messed up the team. The Falcons and the Commanders, Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell. Both who played a little bit last year as rookies and were kind of fine. Just so little experience. And then lastly, Tier 7, Trey Lance, Jordan Love, Bryce Young. Is it mean to put Trey Lance in Tier 7? It might be. But he's just so odd, I can't put my finger on him. He's played almost nothing. Jordan Love's completed 50 passes. Bryce Young is a rookie in the same tier with them. That's probably mean to do. And yet I'm still doing it. 
I feel like I've seen as much Bryce Young in the NFL as I've seen Jordan Love and Trey Lance. I just have. All three of those guys in tier seven. Those are your tiers one through seven. Jalen Hurts by himself up in one. All the way down in the basement level, tier seven, Trey Lance, Jordan Love, Bryce Young. We will chop it up tomorrow, I promise. In the meantime, all kinds of opinions, hate, and takes coming in the form of what I call what's hilarious. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I was asked today, what is a musical opinion that I have that may offend people, certainly trigger people, and I, it came up very easily because this is something that comes up in conversation and certainly in my social life, and here I will bring it to you. Bruce Springsteen's music does nothing for me. I don't like it, I'm not interested in it, I'm not inspired by it, I don't listen to it whenever I have a choice. I'm not into his music at all. He himself, I have total respect for, seems like a really cool guy, a huge talent, a prolific worker, decade after decade of performing. It has nothing to do with that. I respect all that. If one of his songs comes on the radio, I'm falling asleep. If I'm in a bar and one of them comes on, I'm like, oh God, who played this song? I just don't get it. I don't feel it. It's not in my blood. I was not raised in New Jersey. I'm not 15 years older, which I think would make a difference. I just don't care. The, the big old like popcorn hits of his, Born to Run, I, I have heard it about a thousand too many times. I look at it as one of these generic bar songs that drunken karaoke idiots sing like Paradise City or Pour Some Sugar on Me or Born to Run. I was just like, oh, somebody's doing Born to Run. Um, the other songs that, I mean, I, listen, when I was a little kid in the 80s, we always, we always played Born in the USA and we thought it was this cool song to play on 4th of July. Come to find out it's not bad at all. So that song was really uh, kind of... <laughs> soured on me um you know the dance and the video this gun's for hire dancing in the dark it's fine i've just heard it way too many times so bruce springsteen zero my fanhood of bruce springsteen's music a zero to ten is an absolute zero. Zero. i don't care not interested and it's a dicey thing to put out here because in sports media there is an entire veteran guard of tenured journalists and writers and opinion makers who he is bigger than Elvis and McCartney and Michael Jackson put together. That, that man is their god. They love him. They cry at his concerts. They really, really worship at his altar. I don't begrudge those people. I don't agree with them. The music to me, some of it, you know, the pretty songs, some of them are fine. He's, I, I'm not putting that music on. That's not me. I don't like it. And you think, oh man, you're going to get a hammer for saying you don't like Bruce's music. Far from it. And a lot of people are like, finally somebody said it. 
the tweets, in fact, behind me, um, right here, will will uh, back me, uh, backing me, will agree with me. Um, Zachary Haynes comes in and says, Springsteen is the most overrated musician ever. Also, despite all of their notoriety and commercial success, the Chili Peppers are still musically underrated. Sorry, not sorry. That guy tweets all over the place, Zachary Haynes. He agrees with me. Well, I don't think Springsteen's the most overrated ever. But then the Chili Peppers, God, that is a crazy opinion. I, I'm not into the Chili Peppers music either. I was in seventh grade when Blood Sugar Sex Magic came out, but I, you may like them and that's fine. You think they're underrated? They've been around for 30 something years, a million music videos and tours. They're not underrated. I'm not telling, gonna tell you they're bad, but they're not underrated. Next, more uh, polarizing musical opinions. Jason Hartelius, what's up, Jason? The Red Hot Chili Peppers are the most overrated band in the history of music. This is what, this is what makes the world go around, my friends. Wildly different opinions from one tweet to the next. Let's go off the Chili Peppers, if you don't mind. Grunzel says, <laughs> country is trash. The whole genre. Johnny Cash is the only listenable country. See, I actually don't like listening to Johnny Cash. It's stupid. Then he goes on, the Beatles are overrated. I appreciate what they did for rock music, but I've literally never intentionally listened to a full Beatles song. Really? I guess maybe intentionally. Country is trash. See, I actually, I never liked country and then I married my wife and she's way into it. Country music is fun. It's not my favorite. I don't go to it. It's very easy to sing. It's very easy to learn the lyrics. It's very poppy often. They sing about hilarious things like chewing tobacco and driving trucks. It's, it's really funny. I've come to love country actually. Next, what do you say about music that people hate? Tweets by Jay says, it's offensive that people actually like Katy Perry's music. The lyrics, the voice, everything. It's all horrible. I love Katy Perry's music. I love it. I love bubblegum, don't you? Are you telling me that you tell like Firework and California Girl, Teenage Dream is awesome. Just awesome. I love, it's like pop perfection. I even love that one that sounds like a Barney song where she's like, you're up and you're down, you're in and you're out, you're hot and you're cold. Like it's just a Barney song to sing to children. But when it, turn, when it comes on that radio, I'm not changing it. Sorry, I like Katy Perry's music. Next. All right, this is good. Stager. Nickelback is a legitimately good band that has quality hits. I don't begrudge it. I Listen, I know it's really funny. I've talked about this on the show before to just say Nickelback sucks. I, I don't do it. I don't listen to Nickelback, but I, they have some song. Oh, this song's fine. It's pop rock. Who cares? You can't judge pop like you're a columnist for Rolling Stone. It's it's like Doritos. It's just it's just sugary, salty crap that they mass produced and put out for you. Nickelback's toured the world for 20 years. I don't care about their music. Stop getting so triggered by Nickelback. But in the same breath as I say, stop getting so triggered. We open the phone lines on this. That's how many responses we got. And we are going to do a segment we call Say Anything, where normally you just call up the phone line here in the basement and just say anything you want about any topic. This time we gave you a topic and it is controversial music, musical takes. I've not heard the messages, but let's get into it right now. It's something we call Say Anything. All right, let's go. Say Anything. Usually you can say parenting, football, food. No, Say Anything. It's actually Say Your Controversial Musical Takes. So here we go. We got the answering machine here. You can call us at 2524 Brants, 2524 Brants. And we said Controversial Musical Takes, go. As always, I've not heard these messages. You are hearing them for the first time with me live. 
I am told the first message is from an unnamed gentleman in my native city of Chicago. Say anything. Bruce Springsteen, overrated, not very good. Kyle, yep. Kyle, I listened. I was watching Good Morning Football this morning. You're you're a Chicago guy. I'm a Chicago guy. Quite frankly, I'm stunned by this. Um, I, I don't know where to go from here. You got, have you ever listened to Hungry Heart, dude? Have you ever listened to The River? You have to listen to go on Spotify or Apple Music, whatever. You gotta listen to it. I, I don't understand. Listen, start. I, you gotta listen to Hungry Heart. Go from there. Thunder Road. I, figure it out, Kyle. Other than that. The Beatles, if you want to talk about an overrated band or, 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 or musician, the Beatles. The Beatles suck. The Beatles blow, excuse my language, but the Beatles stink. <laughs> that was really good. And then the next person I hope is like, did I hear somebody say something about John and Paul and Ringo and George? They better not have. Listen, don't confuse my respect for Bruce Springsteen and what he's accomplished with my taste for his music. And also, what does this being from Chicago have to do with it? He's not from Chicago, he's a New Jersey icon. But I'm not close-minded. I've listened to a lot of his music just because my friends play it and I've been to a lot of bars where they play it. Hungry, Hungry Heart, is that what they say? I'll listen to it. Uh, the River, I've heard of that. I'll give it another listen, I promise. I'm not doing this just to be a jerk and insult you because somebody likes Bruce. I know millions of people like Bruce. It's not my thing. Also, I like the Beatles a lot. I, a lot. I like the stupid early stuff, Hard Day's Night. I like stuff like Paperback Writer and Back in the USSR. Like Some of their songs kick ass. I like the Beatles. It's so easy to say the Beatles suck. The Beatles suck? They had like a 10-year shelf life when they just dominated the entire industry and just churned out hit after hit. How could that suck? Next, Kyle. Another guy named Kyle. Let's see where he's going. From Indianapolis, say anything. Hey, it's Kyle from Indy. Love the basement. Just wanted to say, Nirvana is the most overrated band to come out of the 90s. They don't hold anything when it comes to Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. If you're doing a top four ranking out of the big four out of the grunge scene, Nirvana's a distance fourth, and it's not even close. Lane Staley, Eddie Vedder, Chris Cornell, all day over Kurt Cobain. Out. All right, listen, I hear the take, and this is wheelhouse for me. Uh, I don't disagree with this. I like all those bands more than I like Nirvana. I also like Stone Temple Pilots more than I like Nirvana. The Nirvana thing is very complicated because it was mostly about the timing. I shouldn't say that. Their music is really cool, and obviously Grohl is amazing, and Cobain had this whole original thing going on. But it was the lightning strike of a single song at a single time in the early 90s when the biggest things on radio and rock were... Cinderella and White Snake and Motley Crue, and it was really petering out. And then they just came in this bam, 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 and I remember the first time I heard the song, I my head exploded. I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. And then they had this deal where they were rebellious, and there was only three of them, and they rocked really hard, and the drummer was great. So they had this aura about them that was very intoxicating as a young person. And then, listen, frankly, the fact that Cobain died the way he did has this effect in pop culture where it makes them immortal because he was taken from us or took himself from us so young. The music itself, I think, is really good. I, I, I'll listen to Nevermind and not skip a track. Even something weird like Something in the Way, which just showed up on the Batman soundtrack with Robert Pattinson, is a really cool song. 
Songs that we've heard a thousand times from that album, like uh, Lithium or Come As You Are, those are great songs, guys. Those are very, you might be sick of them, but they're very cool. They're just not my favorite sound, but Nirvana was awesome. Even the In Utero album was really cool. They just, they've gotten crapped on a lot in this conversation. They're not in my top four of that era, but I still like them. Luke, they all calls from the Midwest, Chicago, Indianapolis, and now Iowa. Luke from Iowa, take us home, say anything. Hi, Kyle. This is Luke Jones from Iowa calling. I uh, want to give my take, and maybe it's not a hot take. Maybe I'm just uh, the only one who's got the guts enough to say it, but uh, Depeche Mode is terrible. And I mean this with all my heart that I worked at a place for seven years, and they played Depeche Mode every day for multiple hours of the day. So if anyone knows how bad Depeche Mode is, it's me, all right? I cannot stand Depeche Mode. I think it is completely, like, if you are that sad and depressed, let's not write a song for millions upon millions to feel sorry for you or have other people start acting like this. You know, let's just do something else with your life because those are the songs in the history of 80s music. And I don't think that's probably a hot take. I'm guessing a lot of men would agree with me on this. And if you don't, well, you can go f*** yourself, all right? Because that music is terrible. <laughs> Depeche Mode, god-awful. The Cure, god-awful, all right? They can all go straight to hell, all right? I can't handle The Cure, Depeche Mode, any of it. Maybe that's a hot take, all right? But guess what? This is what it is, okay? By the way, Kyle's Basement's awesome, but not as awesome as you on the, on the Rewatchables talking about Cobra, and talking about Kauai. All right, have a good day, Kyle. Bye. Luke, before you go, where do you come out on Depeche Mode as a band and their reputation uh, musically and the themes of their songs? Luke, that was an unbelievable call from start to finish. Bam, 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 Your own personal Jesus. Um... I understand why you say that Depeche Mode said <laughs> very unique sound and when they come out came out had a very unique fan base that just couldn't wait to tell you that they were Depeche Mode fans. So if you were around that it probably really pissed you off. Personal Jesus is a very cool song. The Violator album is really cool. I remember my sister had it on cassette and I used to take it and listen to it. I didn't think we'd be getting a Depeche Mode call. How many shows in all of media, including rock shows, who take callers or submissions, took any content today, May 3rd, 2023, about Depeche Mode. How many? How many won? And if there was another one on some weird 80s channel somewhere, nobody in that call went as hard with their take as Luke from Iowa, who said that Depeche Mode and The Cure, who just got pulled into it, should go straight to hell. And anybody who doesn't believe so, to go bleep themselves. That's a take. Imagine if Luke called in with a take about this, the Lions draft or the Bills or something. Luke, you really go hard. You should rechannel that to different avenues because the Depeche Mode content machine is very light and flimsy in 2023. But I'm glad we hit Wheelhouse for you. I kind of actually like Depeche Mode. I, I mean, I liked that album at least. I don't know much of the other stuff. That's very funny. You ever listen to Morrissey? You ever listen to The Smiths? They make Depeche Mode sound like Sesame Street if you want miserable music. Uh, we said say anything. He did. Thank you to Kyle. Thank you for unnamed from Chicago. Thank you from Luke from Iowa. It was a hell of a say anything.
Depeche Mode. I wish we could like play you out with some Depeche Mode, it's just not that kind of show. I love you guys, thank you for calling, but we'll play you out this. Let's go to Sky Cam. I'm gonna walk right out of frame. Today's dart, which will have a corresponding topic, is dart number 12. Topic number 12, which is best rom-com. I don't watch a lot of rom-coms. Um, you consider Dumb and Dumber a rom-com? It is actually very romantic in spots. He generally is in love with Mary. I don't care, I'm gonna break the rules. I'm gonna say Dumb and Dumber, which is not considered rom-com, and I couldn't care less. I think it's great that, I always, it always cracked me up two things about the, I'll just speak the romantic side of Dumb and Dumber. Do the, did the Farrelly's get it, and was it a joke that did they know that it go this deep, that if Lloyd had landed Mary, and let's say they got married together, that her name would be Merry Christmas? That always has cracked me up. Did they know that? Did they plan that? They have an obsession with the name Mary because they went on to use it with Cameron Diaz too. The other thing is, I always was pulling for Lloyd to land Mary, and it was satisfying to me though, he doesn't end up with her in the movie, that for a long time after the movie, Jim Carrey did date Lauren Holly. So it was like, Oh yeah, Lloyd got Mary after all. So I kind of love that. Some very moving scenes, including the scene at the window when Jim Carrey's welling up and sick of eking my way through life. Tired of being a nobody. More than that, tired of having nobody. Beautiful scene. I've heard Jeff Daniels talk about that scene. He says before every single take, Jim Carrey would just well up with tears and we're like, he's like, this guy is talented as hell. Oh my God. Uh, I know it's not a rom-com, I also know I don't care. Hell of a show today. This show is a little drunk and those are my favorite kind of shows. We'll be back tomorrow for the last show of the week. In the meantime, guys, keep saying anything. Call us anytime you want, 2524 Brant. Tweet at KB Basements. And we will see you tomorrow. Exit through the garage, close the door on your way out.